Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. So last week, we talked about worry and trying not to worry and concentrating on God and shifting the way we think. And we understand, like we talked about last week, that you just can't say to somebody who's worrying, well, stop worrying. Because it just doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't work that way. And it's the same about joy. How do we get joy in our lives? How do we restore ourselves to the joy of the Lord? And again, we can't just say to somebody who is struggling, well, just be happy. I know when somebody says to me, if I'm going through a rough day, well, Chad, just, just, just go do something to make yourself happy. Sometimes it just doesn't work that way because punching people's not allowed. I don't actually mean that anymore. I've grown in my walk with the Lord. But we can't always just flip a switch. So how do we get joy in our lives? How do we have joy on a regular basis? Because joy can be hard for some of us. You're sitting here, some of you, and you just want to talk to somebody that's, that's not your spouse or your kids. You just want to connect with somebody outside of your home. Meanwhile, what you don't realize is there's somebody that wants to connect with you as well. And they're actually waiting for you to call, even though you're waiting for them to call. And so sometimes we just have to go first. We just have to go first. If we are constantly looking for joy in other people, though, we will always be disappointed. If I am constantly looking for Melissa to make me happy, to fill me with joy, I will always be disappointed. And it's not that she doesn't make me happy. Just to clarify that, I realize how that sounded real fast. (laughs) But there's always something we're still looking for. And I don't know about you, but I have bad days. I have bad days. And so if Melissa's having a bad day at the same time I'm having a bad day and she needs me to make her happy, guess what? It's not going to happen. So we need to find our joy somewhere else. If we're constantly looking for things to bring us joy, we're going to be disappointed. Because I don't know about you, it seems that the moment I buy something new, the next day they release a new version. Have you ever walked into like Costco or a store where you immediately walk in and they have the TVs there and they're smart. They put the biggest TV at the front so as you walk down the row and you find your size of TV, you go, that looks really small. We're always going to be disappointed if we're looking for it in things. True joy has one source. And it only has one source. And if you're in this room or watching online, you probably already know what that source is. So I could probably just not even say it and we can all pray and go home. 
But the difficulty is, as much as we know it, we still struggle. And true joy only comes from God. It only comes from Jesus. It only comes from being in that river. And so for me, someone who has, has been depressed in the past and struggles sometimes, I have to remind myself where joy comes from. And joy comes from the Lord. And so for us to experience joy, I believe there's three things that we need to remember. And the first thing we need to remember is simply what we just stated, that our joy comes from God. The joy that you're looking for this Christmas season, can I tell you something? It does not come from spending Christmas with everybody in your family. As hard as that is, that's not where it comes from. It doesn't come from getting the newest PlayStation, although it would be amazing. It doesn't come from turkey or turnip. Our joy comes from the Lord. Psalms 51.12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Our joy comes from our salvation, the joy that the Holy Spirit makes clear to us. And not only does it come from the Holy Spirit, but the power that comes with this joy sustains us. It, it holds us through. It gives us the strength that we need. True joy comes from knowing that God is in control. That God is in control. It's knowing that we are promised eternity. And on this earth, God will work it out for our good. And so if it doesn't feel good for you, here's the promise of God. He's still working. He's still working. Romans 8, 28 says, For we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So God is always working on our behalf. If we love him, he is working for the good of us. It may not feel good right now, and it doesn't always feel good instantly. It doesn't switch all the time. It takes time, but he will work it out for good. It's not easy, but it's working. If you think of some of the bad things that have happened in your life, in my life, I can tell you that one thing, that even the things that I didn't have control of, there's things that happened in my life that I didn't have control of that were bad. Now, there's things that happened in my life that I just made some bad choices. But the, especially the things that I didn't have control of, I didn't understand why it happened. God has worked them out for good. Even if it's as simple that I can help somebody else because I can identify with what they're going through. Do you know that sometimes it doesn't change what happened? It doesn't change even how I feel sometimes. But being able to connect with somebody and say, you know what, that happened to me, and them go, are you serious? And be able to sit with them and talk, that for me is God working it out for good. Because now I can help somebody else. And I can look beyond myself. Our joy is in God and our salvation. The second thing we need to understand is biblical joy. Biblical joy. 
See, earthly joy is so different than biblical joy. We talked a little about it, about it a little bit earlier, but society talks about joy in things. I just need a bigger house. See, my problem with having a bigger house is I really dislike cleaning. So the more square footage just means more square footage to clean. But I just need a bigger house. Or you know what I need? I need a new car. I need a new car. But can I tell you something? If I got a new car, you know what I need then? I need some toys. I need some toys. I heard motorcycle over here. I received that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you can continue to text those prophetic words in all day long. <laughs> but let's be honest. The moment we get a bigger house, guess what happens? A friend of ours gets a bigger house. The moment we get a new car, guess what happens? A friend of yours, a coworker of yours, or ugh, somebody you don't like, gets a newer car. And the moment we attention or draw our joy from things is the moment we're always disappointed. So we need to understand biblical joy. Do you know what James tells us that joy is? I hate this verse. James 1 verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Can you just say one? Of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. I don't know about you, but it doesn't really work for me all the time. But James says that this, is, this will build us up. It will make us mature and complete. And when we're mature and complete, there's something joyful to work towards. There's something joyful in being mature. There's something joyful in being complete with the Lord. God's faithfulness and mercy is very independent from our circumstances. Him growing us and stretching us, it's our joy in the Lord is very separate from our circumstances. Do you know that you can be in the middle of the worst time of your life and God still can bring you joy? So in the hard times, joy actually gives us perseverance. Joy actually helps us push through Biblical joy doesn't mean everything is perfect. We see this when we look at Job. Job lost everything. And because he was still faithful, God said, yes, now you can touch his physical body. And he got boils everywhere. But yet he was still faithful. He was remembered for his faith. Biblical joy means that we're never alone on the journey. That we're never walking through it by ourselves. Nehemiah says this in Nehemiah 8.10. It says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord 
is your strength. Here, Nehemiah is talking about joy is more than an emotion. Joy goes beyond our emotions. He's telling them here, he's talking and saying, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's a perspective, it's an outlook. You can be in the middle of it and still have joy. Here the joy of the Lord sounds weird because he actually switches from an emotion to a strengthening. When we think of joy, we think of laughter, we think of smiles, we don't think of strength. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy gives us perseverance. We need it to grow. The joy of the Lord gets us through the hard times. Praising him builds us up. Worshiping him gives us the strength. Isaiah, he tells us that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and rise up on wings like eagles. It will strengthen you. But it only comes from the Lord nowhere else. Isaiah 49, 13 says, Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. The end of this verse is so shocking to me because it doesn't say here that once you shout for joy and you rejoice that he delivers you. He comforts you in it. He comforts me in it. And he has compassion as I feel afflicted and I'm walking through it. I really wish that it says, when you praise, you shout, and when you celebrate, you burst into song, that Jesus comes along and goes, let's just take you out of here. But he doesn't say that. He promises, though, that in the middle of it, he will comfort you, and he has compassion for you. Our strength to make it through comes from the joy in the Lord. And number three, we have joy in, coming, in the coming of Christ. We have joy because Jesus is coming back. God's people had joy because they anticipated a time when the promised Messiah would come. When he was going to be born. It didn't end up looking the way they thought it would be. But we hang on to the promises knowing that Jesus came with one purpose. He came to die for us. That's why you'll hear me say all the time that we can never have Christmas without Easter. Jesus didn't come so you could have presents under a tree. He came to die for you and me. That's the only reason he came. To die for us. To deliver us. Habakkuk 3, verse 7 and 18, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud and there is no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. When I'm feeling dry, when I feel like there is nothing, I'm not producing anything, I don't have anything, yet I will rejoice. I will be joyful. Joyful in God, our Savior. What are you choosing today? 
He is our deliverer, our strong tower. He motivates us to connect with one another, to strengthen each other, and to restore joy. To restore joy. God not only sent his son to free us, but to restore our joy. John 15, 11, it says this. This is where Jesus is talking about him being the vine, and if we're connected, we abide in him, and he abides in us, and the Father's, he's in the Father, and the Father's in us because of Jesus in us. And he says this in verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be half full. He doesn't say that. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Complete. So where does my joy come from? My joy comes from being connected to Jesus, being abiding in him, resting in him, spending time with him. And when I do that, his joy is in us. It's in me that my joy may be complete. So what do we need to do to make sure that our joy is complete? I honestly think there's three things that we need. Yes, there's another three points. I know I tricked you. But three things that you need to make sure that your joy is complete. The first one is this. You need to surround, we need to surround ourselves with joyful people. You need to find people in your life and surround yourself with joyful people. We teach this to our kids. How often do we teach our kids that you will become like those you hang out with? You will become like the people that you hang out with. If you hang out with people that are negative and complaining, you will be negative and complaining. If you hang out with joyful people, you will begin to be joyful. So let me ask you a question. When you hang out with people, when you connect with people, what is your conversation like? What do you concentrate on? When you think of Christmas right now and you start talking about Christmas holidays, what does that conversation look like? What does it look like? We need to rearrange our lives a little bit. We need to fill it with people that are going to feed us life and speak life into us. We need to rearrange the way we think. Mother Teresa, she says this, joy is a net of love by which you catch souls. A joyful heart is the inevitable result of a heart burning with love. A heart burning with love. We need to start catching souls because of the joy and the love in our lives. The second thing that we need to make sure is that we need to make sure that we understand that Jesus, that he is our rock, that he is our strength, that in the middle of the storm, no matter what you're walking through, that you're able to plant your feet right now and be able to remind yourself that he is your strength. We need to stop telling God how big our problems are and, stop, and start telling our problems how big our God is. I forget where I heard that. It's a great quote. But we need to stop telling God, how big our problems is, and start telling our problems how big our God is. It will shift the way we think when we concentrate on him. Willie Jennings, he's a professor of theology at the Duke Divinity School, whatever that word is. He's a professor. 
says this, joy is an act of resistance against despair and its forces. Joy is an act of resistance. Joy is not an emotion. It can be that way. It can feel that way. But joy is something that we act on, something that we do. And by acting on it, it can resist against despair and forces. Do you want to know what I do when I start feeling depressed sometimes? I know you're going to be like, oh, he must worship. He must read his Bible. I do that. But there's also times where I go on Netflix, I find a very clean comedian, and I sit there and laugh my head off. Because if I need laughter in my life, I go looking for laughter. That's what I do. I know, you're like, I thought he was going to say something super spiritual. Remember I said, I do read my Bible, I pray, I worship, but then there's times where I just know, Chad, you just need to loosen up and laugh. And so I bring laughter into my life. I'm not sure if that amen was that I needed to loosen up or that we go looking for it. Either way, I'll accept it. Sorry, that's just me having fun. But biblical joy is, that God, is what God calls us to. It is a joy that endures whether we are in the midst of a cheerful Christmas or anticipa- Christmas anticipation or the lows of COVID. It's a joy that goes beyond it. It comes from inside with the Lord. Good times and hard, the joy of the Lord is still with us. The third thing that makes us, that helps us with our joy to be complete is remembering, we talked about it, but you need to remember this, that Jesus is returning. And that itself should bring us the ultimate joy. Jesus is coming to deliver us. He is our source of joy. He gives us the perseverance. Joy strengthens us, it encourages us, and it's contagious. You can actually give it to other people. You can pass it on. If we're worried about something being contagious in this season, do me a favor, Spread joy. Be contagious. Because joy can actually go through a mask and affect people. Spread joy. Because joy goes against the grain. Our world loves complaining. Do you know that I can look on Facebook and find somebody make a beautiful comment about something in the world, something in our lives, something in our city, and if I scroll through the comments, somebody's going to trash it. You need to surround yourself with joyful people. Begin to be an optimist. Let people criticize you for your optimism. Oh, you just always think on the good side. Yeah, I do. Because I enjoy life. Be an optimist. Begin that. Guard your heart. Matthew 15, 18 says this, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. Guard your heart, and if you guard your heart with the joy of the Lord, Good things will come out of your mouth. What we say shows our hearts. So today, begin to speak positive. Ask God to change your perspective, to shift your focus. Things might not get better, but if you change your perspective, you shift your focus onto the good things of God, joy will begin to come up in your life. Psalms 35, 9 says this, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. Your joy comes from our salvation. It comes from your salvation. The fact that we know Jesus is coming back is what should trump any problem we're facing. That he walks with us. So this Advent series, a season, and beyond, will you respond to God's call to be joyful?
as we seek joy this week, I challenge you to smile at somebody. Laugh with someone. In the midst of the heaviness, choose joy. Because God walks with you to strengthen you. Let's pray. Can we stand together for this prayer? I want us to do something a little bit different. I'm actually going to ask you to repeat after me. If you're at home, take the extra step and just stand where you are. I'm going to lead us through a prayer, and I'm going to be honest. I normally ask everybody to repeat after me. If we get to a point where you go, I don't know, then I'm going to ask you to pause. I'm not giving you permission not to follow me, but I'm giving you permission not to lie to the Lord. I know that sounds harsh, but sometimes we say stuff, we sing stuff, and then later when somebody says, well, don't you, I surrender all. Well, don't we surrender? Well, I'm not really. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And what I'm asking you, I want you to stretch yourselves, but if you don't feel comfortable and you go, I don't know if I can say that, please attach yet to that sentence. I don't know if I can say that yet and push towards it. So let's repeat after me. Father, forgive me of the times that I went after earthly joy. I repent of looking for joy in other places than you. Help me to look for your joy in my life. Remind me of the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Strengthen me in this season. And help me to bring joy to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay standing for one moment because we're going to do the homework, but I also want to do something a little different with you in the homework as well. So homework, the first thing I want us to do is memorize. We're going to memorize Psalms 35, 9. Psalms 35, 9. But here's what I want you to do. We're going to say this verse together, all right? So let's, re- let's well, not repeat after me. See if we can do this as a whole team. Are you ready? And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. I want you to memorize that this week. And you can be seated or stay standing. We're just going to fly through the questions and then you are dismissed. But first question is this. What made you smile this week? Do you know we ask our kids this when we pick them up from school every day. We, instead of asking them, hey, how'd your day go? We actually ask them. Somebody told us to do this or we read it somewhere. We asked them, what made you smile today? It actually gets more of an answer than, how'd your day go? Good. What made you smile? So what made you smile this week? Number two, what are you looking forward to? this Christmas? What are you looking forward to? And then number three, tell me of a story. Tell me a story of a time when God worked something out for good in your life. Share a testimony. And number four is so important. How can I pray for you? So when you meet together, when you get together, this is what I want you to do. Have this conversation. It's such a good conversation. And it will bring you joy. Because we're shifting to what we talk about and what we think about. And so I pray that you have an incredible week. I pray that you go and you bring joy to other people's lives. And so God bless you. And so good to see you. And have an incredible week. Bring joy to the world. God bless you. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. 
that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.